So, Michelle. So, David. Breaking news. Oh, my God, what is it? I mean, we, 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 we just get back from holidays and then there's a supposed ASIO stuff-up. Oh. Now, this is an article that came out earlier. And you're not even working there. So no, I'm not working. How does that happen? Oh, yep. Oh, oh, right. So, essentially, the story is mm-hmm. ASIO had a botched recruiting effort against a Chinese academic. Okay. Now, I want to say, this is human stuff, human intelligence, possibly the most delicate complex and also rewarding ends of the intelligence spectrum. All right? And far messier than artificial intelligence. Oh, totally. Oh, really messy. Yeah. Like, and if if this case is anything to go by, it just goes to show how messy it is. And of course, as soon as someone went, oh my God, this happened, I went, yeah. oh my God, I've got to look. Okay. And as soon as I looked, what did I see? I saw a little rabbit hole that disappeared down because <laughs> we're changing how we recruit humans. Oh, really? We are. There's a totally new way. You know, you know, we always talk about mice. Yeah. Well, they're not mice anymore. Okay. They're rascals. Ooh, is this another anacronym? Anacronym? Anacronym. It's, uh, yes, it is. And okay. I've got to tell you what a great acronym that one is, rascals. Better than the Federal Association of Research Technology. Okay, let's tuck into the acronym, not the anacronym. Let's do after that. After this. You're listening to I Spied, the headhunter of Australian intelligence. Michelle, I've got a really good job for you. Oh, really? What is it? I just it? need you to tell me absolutely everything that's going on at Nova. Okay. Just tell me everything. Okay. Do you have an internal phone directory or something from uh, those guys? Or? No, no, not so much the, anymore. Can I have the financial records? and? Um, the th- yep, I should be yeah. able to get those too. The contracts yep. for yep. all of your yep. announcers would be nice as well. Yep. Just, a li- just a little thing. Just a little. I don't yeah. think it'll be a problem. Have a donut. Thanks. Hello and welcome to I Spied. My name's Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan. And look, I've got to be honest. Yeah. I have no idea what we're talking about today. Okay, right. So I've been a, knee deep in so many other things. Story pops up in The Guardian where yep. a Chinese academic has said he's been raided by the police in ASIO. He yep. was forced to go to an interview he didn't want to go to, or requested to do an interview, requested to do a security assessment by ASIO, mm. and then finally approached in a cafe in Brisbane by somebody who said, I want you to work with me. I'm a very powerful person. Here's mm. $2,000. To which he went, bugger off, and buggered off. I would have said, thanks for the two grand, mate. Yeah, thanks for the two grand. And it the whole thing is when, of course, on Twitter, at mm. I Podcast, which is our Twitter feed if you want to join us. At I Spied Podcast. Very good. I've got a lot of people going, yeah, oh, your mates have screwed up again, and I went, no, hang on a minute. This does not sound like my peeps. No. Right. My guys are professionals. I know what my peeps sound like, and this is not it. This does not sound like ASIO, right? So I went, oh, here we go, deep dive, let's go. And I got involved in, I had a really, really deep dive, wound up looking at a very, very comprehensive CAA document that is now Freedom of Information Mm. about how they're evolving the way they recruit human assets. So they're just throwing money at them? No, 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 no. Ooh, no, no, no. That's a bad thing. Now, the whole thing is with human intelligence recruitment, It's a really delicate thing and there's Mm. a process to it. There's a tried and true process that's been used pretty much forever. Now, the codification of it, it used to just be, you know, hey, you want to work with us? And it kind of worked like that. Yeah. During World War II, they really, really worked hard at making sure it was a process they could use. Right. right. The OSS came up with a little thing and essentially it was a trick to – it was a process, right? Now, the steps were – And what is a, that process? The process is it basically you survey the locality where you are, you have a look at where you are, and then you have a look at the kinds of spies you're going to need. Then you have a look at the potential agents that might be around. And I, w- I would imagine that that would change quite a bit over the years. Yes. that's That was World War II, right? 
right? Yeah. So literally you were dropped in in situ, say, behind the enemy lines. You yeah. had to look around. You had to look at the people you needed. And then you went into the recruiting process. And generally you needed to get to know the person before you introduced. So you got to do your research mm-hmm. on them. Then you've got to find a way to get introduced to the person. You're always looking for quality. You don't want any random idiot. You want somebody that's going to be powerful for you. Someone's going to give you what you yep. need. Then after you've had the introduction, you have that courtship period until you literally turn around and get down to business. Tell them what it is you want to do. Now that I've got your attention. Now now I've got your attention. Yeah. As you light the cigarette after making love, now I've got your attention. Right. Um, (laughs) If you're not kicked out already. That's how I always do that, which is why I don't work there anymore. Uh, It's like, David, (laughs) I work in HR. We don't need to go this far. Yeah. But but it's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Um, So, right. Then what happens is you've got to test the reactions through this entire thing. Yep. And basically, you've got to leave yourself a way to get out. Now, this this is what the OSS used to have. At the very bottom, and I've got the list in front of me now, the OSS steps to recruitment. From the first time you give the impression that we're part of a powerful organization, well-organized, prestige counts heavily, mm-hmm. and then in bold capital letters, do not try and buy people. Money is not a good motivator in these situations because, as we've said with mice, money, ideology, compromise, yep. ego, right? The problem with money is anyone can be bought yep. right, and anyone can pay more. And the other problem is a lot of people will use it for what they call the free ride syndrome, where people go, I'm getting paid. I'll just throw them chook feed, yeah, just little bits and pieces, as long as the money keeps rolling in because it's servicing my gambling debt. Right. So money can be important, but it's not the most important thing. Right. And I, and I would also think that that's kind of like a short-term gain as well. Extremely short-term because gain. Because you're not bringing them across the line because they thoroughly believe in the process. You're getting them because they just want that money. Now, that's a really interesting point that you said they're not, you know, they don't have the ideological Mm. wherewithal. That becomes the most important thing. And through the Cold War, that's why we came up with mice, money, ideology, compromise, ego. Yes. Compromise was really, really heavily used by the Russians. The problem with compromise is you wind up with a person who is resentful of you. Really resentful. Yeah, they don't want to work. It creates resentment and it also encourages, again, the person to make the minimum effort. Yeah, I was going to say, they would only give you the bare minimum and not tell you the full picture, I would imagine. Right. Now, ideology is a really, really powerful one because if you truly believe in the cause that you are joining, you are going to work your hardest for them. Now, one of the greatest examples of ideology being the motivator was Kim Philby. Yep. Right. Philby was a member of MI6. He was a highly regarded intelligence officer. He was not spotted for something like 30 years, right? This incredible period of time to operate as a spy. Yeah. There was no monetary exchange in it whatsoever other than the occasional I need 20 quid or can you spot me until payday. Mm. He did not go in for the money. He was purely ideologically driven. Now, a lot of people say, well, how can you, you know, if you have an ideological bent against your own organisation, how can you stand to be in there? Well, Philby made it very apparent. I was in there and I was breaking it. Yeah. So my ideology was sound, Dan. I was doing exactly what I wanted to You're do. You were working from the inside out. I'm working from the inside. The best way to break an organization yep. is to be inside it, all right? So the other one from that is ego. So it's a very – ego is a great one as an initial inducement, but it doesn't lead to long-term results. This mm. was the problem with mice. The only thing in the MICE rubric was ideology. That was the only one that really gave you lasting results. Yeah. Now, at this point, the Cold War is gone. Allegedly. Okay, allegedly. I'll give you that. Oh, well, <laughs> there is a Cold War going on, but don't forget the players in the Cold War have shifted as well. Yeah. I right? mean, the, the war is getting cold in Ukraine. That's uh, for sure. Yeah. 
it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's tepid. Yeah. No, 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 it's pretty hot in there actually. Right, so the whole thing is we have this change in mm. basically the political structure of what's going on. So also you're trying to get into organisations like Al-Qaeda and um, the Taliban, which are cellular and in their culture is utterly yes. alien to what you're doing. And on a quick side note to that, have yeah. you seen the new Netflix show? Spy Ops. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've- the first ep is amazing, and if you ha- if the listeners haven't seen it, thoroughly recommend you crack into it. That first ep, I was there was a lot of stuff going on, and I was shocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much the CIA did in Afghanistan? Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, now just so you know, on your shock level, mm. I wasn't because no. Again, having seen it from the other side, from inside the organization, yeah, I am still ideologically sound as you, and I still think you're really great and you do a good job. <laughs> but yeah, I watched that, and what it was for me was confirmation. It was like, yeah, I thought that might be the thing that was going on, and yeah, the the CIA have a a reputation of doing a lot of stuff. I'm currently yeah. looking at their work in Chile because it also involves ASIS, Australia's Secret mm. Intelligence Service, and also we're going to do an episode about it Indonesia, because essentially there is now a thing called the Jakarta operation, yep. which is how you describe overthrowing a government. That is a term the CIA were using to describe how they would overthrow a government. It's and Jakarta. essentially the CIA, when they're in Afghanistan, when they first went into Afghanistan, they were using ideology. Exactly. Yes. Right. So they were using the ideology to bring the and a, bi- and a bit of money. To be fair, there was a bit of money being thrown around. There's always going to, they had to get the warlords on side. When you're dealing with warlords, as opposed yeah. to using an access agent, yeah. somebody that is going to give you access to intelligence, that's a very different thing. You're trying to buy an army. Yes. With the Northern Alliance, which is what they did. What you're trying to do when you're recruiting a piece of a. a and the way I put it is quite right, a piece of human intelligence, Mm. you actually have to do a lot more work. Now, they're not mice anymore. This was the big thing the CIA did, and it comes from So we have a new acronym. We have a new acronym, ladies and gentlemen. I feel like we need a drum roll. What is it? Uh, Oh, you're going to love this one. It's Rascals. I feel like that's very good. I think it's It's really really old school. It's a very, very clever little acronym, right? And what does it stand for? stands for reciprocation. Okay. Now, one of the things that human beings do is we have an inherent sense of obligation if someone does us a favour. Yeah, we feel beholden to them. We feel beholden. Now, the really interesting thing is that would immediately make people go, well, give them money because then they're beholden to you. Mm. No, 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 no. It's even simpler than that. You call a meeting. You you meet this guy that you want to create rapport with. Yeah, you want to catch up for a coffee? Yeah, look, it's on me. Okay. Right. And then you go, look, I don't have time for a coffee. I really want to catch up with you to talk about something. You want to just jump in my car and uh, I'll give you a lift. Yeah, that's great. Oh, by the way, have a donut. Yeah. Right? It's all. I mean, I'll take a lift and a donut any day. Anyway, just throwing well, look, it out hey, there. That's why when you said to me today, do you want a lift and a donut? I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now drive to Canberra and pick me up and drive me back. And well, better. I did feel beholden to you because you have given me a lift. Before. Exactly. So then, you exactly. Know. All right. So I've done something for you. Yes. I mean, you know, the, the classic thing from Chicago uh, when you're good to mama, mama's good to you, right? Correct. So, Are you my mama? Is that what we're doing? Uh, I think you're the mama, but anyway, okay, we'll work right. on it. Okay. Hey, my, like, I am reciprocating everything I can because you're sitting in this studio with me. <laughs> Right. So this is a thing. It creates a sense of obligation. Yes. Right. Without it being a massive thing, it's just a simple, simple little hospitality. Little gestures. Little gestures work very, very well. Now, the next thing you need to create, and this is interesting because it goes back to the OSS thing, Mm. is authority. You've got to go in there creating a sense of prestige, right? Dress well, carry a really nice briefcase, 
have an amazing looking Because people want to be, they aspire to be like the people they hang out with. Exactly. It's like that old adage that you're only as good as the people you hang out with. Exactly, right? right. You know, you lie down with dogs, you catch fleas. Yes. Right? Now, this is, the, this is why it's like recording this episode or any podcast, it's the only time I wear my Gucci suit. Uh, <laughs> it's not Gucci, sorry. It's not. I know. It's just a super dry polish. But anyway, I uh, probably should have put on pants. Sorry about that. <laughs> Can you please put pants on oh, next time? Next time I will. Right. So the whole thing about authority is it instills confidence mm-hmm. and it creates trust. Also, if that authority is backed by something large, right? So if you turn around and go, and it's interesting, in this case with the Chinese academic, someone went, we work for an international organization that likes to help lots of important people. Dun, dun, dun. Piss off. Right? That's my first reaction is that is a really, really bad way it's of It's like something in. out of a movie that they read once. It's a bad movie yeah, too. Yeah, and the, yeah. the interesting thing was at one point the academic turned, said he turned around to one of these people and went, can you tell me who you work for? At this point in time, we don't feel it. But of can. course, you, no one's going to take that seriously. No. At right? all. Like there's right? nothing serious about that interaction. Now- this, the thing is there was no rapport being established in no. this recruitment, right? So, so you've got authority. You need the authority. You need the person to feel that they can, A, trust you and yep. know that you are a part of something big. Yes. Right? That in, that creates trust. It, funnily enough, it does. Even though you don't know where they work, they, you'll go, this guy's really on the level. He's up and up. He's got a great looking suit. Yeah. Wish he wore pants. But, you know, <laughs> nice undies. Uh, so <laughs> there's, there's that kind of focus. The next one, the S in Rascals, is scarcity. Right. Now, this is a really interesting thing to use. It's like scarcity by saying, look, this is a one-time offer. Right? We, 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 this is something we've got to do now. Mm-hmm. Right? Because what it does, it, again, overrides that free rider dilemma. If you turn around and say, look, we really need this information, we need it fast, right? We, and my bosses are on my back, you've got to help me out, man, right? So you've created this thing. It encourages a commitment to the agent, mm-hmm. right? And it also encourages like – a sense that if I don't act now, I'm not going to get this opportunity again. And funnily enough, with the reciprocation and the authority, it starts to look like an opportunity for the agent, the person you're trying to recruit. Yeah. Now, remember, agents are the spies that an intelligence officer recruits, just to clarify that, because the Americans call their FBI people agents, which is wrong. But it's America. What do you do? Right. So the scarcity helps, that helps again, it's a goad. It's one of the goads that pushes forward. Mm. The next one is commitment and consistency, right? So so it's a double C in Rascal. Yeah, they, yeah, they cheated. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it becomes Rascal's, but- Yeah, um, like, come on. But, you know, you can, they're kind of interchangeable. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. What you do is you build on small commitments, right? So one of the classic things when you first start working with an agent, you might turn around, and this is before you've actually made the pitch to tell them, A, where you work, and B, what you want them to do. You say, oh, oh right, you work in defence. Yeah, look, oh, I'm trying to track down a guy in defence. Do you, do you think you – like, do you have a, like, internal phone directory? Mm. Oh, yeah, we've got one of those. Could I just have a look at it? Could I borrow it? Right? Now, it's a fairly innocuous piece of thing. Yeah, no, a, I don't know. I'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the other thing is, I'm looking for this guy. I know he works there. Can you get, me, get his phone number? Yeah. Right? That's one that works. But very often, the, the approach is, can you get me a map? Right? Something that's not classified. Yeah. An internal phone directory would be, it would be staffing confidence at the very yeah. least. But, I mean, that's one of the things that they often say, is there an f- internal phone directory? A lot of people, you're a nice guy. Yeah, sure, fine. Here you have it right? Mm. Boom, you're done. Suddenly you've handed over something that is a little bit more dangerous, Yeah. right? So 
basically what happens is- They're testing the waters. They're seeing what they can get out of you. Once you get those small commitments, you can start pushing the consistency. You can can go for the ring. Well, you can go for the ring in a certain way in that you'll basically turn around and go, look, uh, you gave me the phone directory. What's the problem with giving me the plants to the new Orca submarine? I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, that that jump is not that far. No, it's not. (laughs) Admittedly, that is a massive jump. Yeah. But the whole thing is you use little commitments from the the agent over time. And the L, you're going to love the L. Oh, here we go. Loser? Liking. Liking. I liking you. I liking you. Like. Yeah. People will work for people who they like. I mean, that is that is true in everything, in every career. You will get a job or you'll take a job based on who you work with and whether you like them. Exactly. Now, the last one, and this is like, and it's simple. You want to build a rapport. The interesting thing is if you go in there going, oh, you know, I'm, I don't particularly like that guy. And we've told this story about one of the girls that was at ASIO had a guy absolutely hated until they realized they were both fans of the same football team. Yeah. And that was enough to create that rapport. Right. Once that, yeah, she still didn't like him. She didn't have to like him. He had to like her. All yes. Right? So that's the way it always works. It's kind works. of like this relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have to like you. <laughs> no, I thought it was the other way around. Anyway. Uh, I think it's, yeah, look, it all works. <laughs> the final one, the S. Yes. Again, when I say it, you're The Rascacacles. Rascacacles. Yeah. No, it's Rascacacles. Oh, it's stop. S- is there a silent P? Yeah, it is. Oh, come on. Yeah, but hang on. It's the CIA. They, they get away with murder. Uh, Quite literally, they get away yeah, with murder. Yeah, they do pe- get away with murder. We know murder that. We know that. Countries. We know that. Yeah. Right. Social proof. Okay. Right. Basically, you once you start getting them into the into the situation, once you start recruiting them. Bringing them in the fold. You bring them into the, yeah, you bring them into the herd. Yeah. Right? You bring them into the tent. Yeah. So they can pee out instead of yeah. trying to pee in. Right. As soon as you bring them in, one of the ways of doing that is social proof that other people have done this. Pull up other people's Instagram? Is that what you mean by social? Not No, 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 no. no. It's basically you can encourage an, an, a person to to participate if you can say, look, there are other people in your department Everyone that are Everyone else for is us. doing it. Yeah, you exactly. You need to do it as well. Peer pressure. See, yeah. that, I think that social proof is actually just meant to be peer pressure. Yeah, social but, pressure. But then it would be rascal and it wouldn't, or rascalp, which wouldn't work. I mean, it's not like the Americans are good with the English language anyway. No, look, they, so they, they butcher it all the time. They spell colour without a U. I mean, what's their problem? And mum is with an O. It's just all over the shop. Yeah, what is that all about? Right, so this is the whole thing. Is like this is the new rubric that we, we're using. And, in fact, even this is getting old. It's getting a bit old and tired. Now, let's. So is go- everyone using that? Who's using that? You'll find that generally your Western intelligence services are using okay. it, probably not your Eastern Bloc ones. Do, does like a little memo go out to all of the Western countries and go, by the way, guys, we've come up with a new acronym. This is what we're working with? Oh, yeah, well, funnily enough, yes. In a way, yes, it would. One of the things that seems to be coming out now is if you want to recruit human intelligence officers, you want to train your people for that, send them. I like how you say human intelligence officers like there's any other intelligence officers. So, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah, you, we're not recruiting animals. We're not recruiting artificial. Artificial intelligence officers. Your artificial intelligence officers. That's what I was. I was a complete fraud. Yes. Uh, Now, the whole thing is if you want to train your officers in human recruitment, one of the places to send them is Israel. They're very, very good at it. And interestingly enough, most of their trainers are 
women. So do you do that? Do like the agencies like trade people and say, can you take can you take Frank over for a little bit and just teach him what you know? Oh, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you'll have second uh, seconded officers or you know foreign placements. Again, this is the story of the British intelligence officer that was, mm. was working at ASIO came down to the registry and wanted a file and went, you can't have it. Yeah, but like, do, is, it it hap- is it happening now? Like with is- Israel is. and stuff like that? Of course it okay. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be sending people to train with other organisations because again. You know, we're not going to get into their order of battle, the standard. We're going to learn their standard operational procedures. We're not going to have all of their intelligence. No, but I just find that interesting. Oh, look, but that's how if you send an intelligence officer, particularly a declared intelligence mm. officer into Australia from America or vice versa, you want them well-versed in how those organisations operate, right? So the but can't, best- they in- can't they inevitably then use that against them? Not really. No. Just, right. I mean, it's good to know your, your allies' playbook. Okay. Right? You're not going to- What if they no longer become an ally, though? Well, then you've got a problem. But yeah. then, then you change your playbook. Yes. And interestingly enough, these playbooks don't change that much. Like, Well, I'm shocked that a government agency would take that long to change things up. I mean, there's all this red, blue, all uh, kinds of coloured tape you have to, to get through. Yeah. yeah. You know, then the director general's got to tick, sign off on it. off. And then and the government yeah, discuss it in I mean, Parliament. we know how governments operate. Right. Okay. But here's the thing that is really important is the knowledge base that we're working off as well has changed. Mm. Now, this is a psychologist by the name of Robert Cialdini. Okay. Cialdini, hey, what's the problem? Right. So he basically created this thing called the psychology of persuasion. Yeah. And this is what the CIA have literally gone, hang on, this is really important. One of the things he says about the psychology of persuasion is there are three types of people, three careers that are incredibly adept at this kind of psychology. Okay. What are they? Salespeople. 100%. Fundraisers. Okay. They're really good at getting money out of people yeah. for nothing. Yeah. And finally, con artists. I was going to say journalists. Um, uh, I was going to say politicians <laughs> myself. Yeah, but then yeah. you go, salesman, fundraiser, That con is a politician. Artist. That is a politician. That is a politician. <laughs> that is essentially politicians. So Caldini has created the six principles of yeah. rascals, right? That's his big thing. Rascals. But, p- rascals. Right. So there is a like what we call the agent recruitment cycle. Yes. Right. So the first one is, and it's very reminiscent of the OSS one we just read. I okay. love reminiscing. Spotting. Good point. Uh, <laughs> spotting or identifying individuals who can meet intelligence needs as identified by analysts or policymakers. Right. Okay. Remember, there are desk officers and case officers. Yes. The desk officers do the analysis. The case officers do all the hard work. They do the work. They do the both. They do. They're forward facing. Right. Next is assessing whether the spotted individuals have placement and access to provide desired information, as well as beginning the process of determining their motivations, vulnerabilities, and suitability. Now, vulnerabilities is a really interesting point because that plays straight into mind. Right? Yes, but it could also be used against them, right? But that's the point. Right? Yeah. One of the things about mice is it's a very negative way of doing things. Yes. Right? You're looking for vulnerabilities. Where Rascals is more building a rapport and a relationship, which is more it's effective. More optimistic. Yeah, it's more optimistic, but it's more effective. You can Because you get people and you keep them. Right, you get them. Right. Next one is developing a relationship with the individual to further assess the factors above and to explore whether they will be responsive to an initial tasking mm. for intelligence information. Simple. Yeah, we get all of that. Right. Next step, the actual recruitment. Right. The moment where you turn around and say, we want you to work for us. We want you to spy on your country. Right. That's a very simple one. Right. And the problem is it's a simple moment, but my God, a lot rides on that moment. If you get the right answer, yes, you go into training and handling mm-hmm. where they're taught tradecraft, they get tasking, they get debriefed. They, this is where the game really starts. Sounds they like st- fun. They start bringing st- things in. Then there's a final step. Okay. It's called the handoff. 
You either hand them off to another handler mm-hmm. or you ditch them. Oh. Right. Now, the whole thing about that is- what if you, Why are you ditching them? Because you don't like them. Well, they're no, of no longer any use. Oh, right. that's so- so hard. It is. It's it's brutal. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. Sorry, we're no longer friends. Yeah, we're going in a different direction. <laughs> yeah. It's not you, it's me. I'm sorry. Your country is no longer of value to us because we bombed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. we bombed it because of everything you told us about your country. Yes. Right. I, it's been nice. Yeah. <laughs> Call if you're in the area. <laughs> oh, we're dish- here's another one. We're dishing you because they're onto you and we can't help. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry. So sorry we fucked it up for you. Yeah, sorry. Here's $2,000 in a brown paper bag. Enjoy your, your day in Brisbane. Right, so right, yep. that's the next thing. Yep. You also do have a handoff to a different handler simply because that case officer then needs to move on to the next agent they're trying to recruit. Right. He might be a recruitment specialist. The guy that you're handed off to might be a handler. But, again, you'll still have to go back to that third stage yeah. of developing a relationship during – that's what the handoff is. Yeah. Literally, look, I need to introduce you to a new friend. I'm moving. I've got a new job in, you know, Addis Ababa or whatever lie you want to tell. Abu Dhabi. Here's the guy who's going to be looking after you. Right. Right. So this is the thing with agent recruitment is it's changing because the way we do business has changed. The way governments interact has changed. The internet has certainly changed What about work from home? Can you work from home if if you've been recruited? I mean, I just feel like it's a lot of the world is changing in the way we we do things and the way we do business, Mm. like the work from home stuff. Exactly. But this is, again, why the the mice is – as they're saying, we don't call them mice anymore. We call them rascals. Rascals – Rascals, right. We've got to do this simply because this is the only way yeah. we can maintain yes. this, A, recruit them and B, then maintain their access. And the thing is, it's a really, really sad way to live as an agent, right? Being an agent, is the rewards are very slim. The interesting one are walk-ins, right? So the walk-ins, the ASIO yeah. mold that we had revealed on Four Corners earlier this year. There's a few famous ones in the States, a few famous ones in Russia, where basically the American ones are generally they get overlooked for promotion. Yeah. And it was also, I think- They get mad. It's ego. Right. It's ego. Right. Again, ego, mice. Mm. Right. So they walk into an embassy or they mail stuff as the ASIO mole did. They mail stuff to an embassy and go, I want to work for you. This is how much it will cost. Yeah. Right. So what happens is they will- like the process doesn't change. You still have to go through the agent cycle to make sure that this isn't a counter-espionage. It's not a counter-lurk. These mm. guys are actually – this guy's on the upper Legit, up, legit. Right? The other one is they walk in and say, this is what I've got for you. Now, one of the American ones, again, I can't remember his name, but he's currently serving time in federal penitentiary in Colorado and that place is a hellhole. It's just like you – you don't even know where you are in the building once you're in your cell. Well, I mean, let's be real. Any kind of jail in the US is not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pleasant, right? So there's like there's that. A lot of them, like the Russians, almost all of them were killed, right? Mm. As soon as they were uncovered, they were killed. Again- Did they fall out of buildings? No, they were shot in Brzezinski oh. Square in the back oh. of the head. You know, it was there was one very famous one who he was- Working for MI5, MI6, and he was working for the CIA, he was handing information over. Mm. And then he went, oh, I've got to stop. And he did. Right, stopped. And it's like free and clear. And they didn't give him a lot of money. They gave him a little bit, but not a lot. Then the next thing they did was they contacted him and went, we need you to help us out again. And he was caught just at the fall of the Berlin uh. Wall. Because the fall of the, fall of the Berlin Wall, he was exposed. Right. Oh. And he got busted and didn't matter that the communist regime was gone. You betrayed Russia, bang, you're dead. Right? So they took him into Dzinski Square, tortured him, interrogated him, and then 
oh. back of the head. I mean, that's so sad. But again, it kind of reinforces his ideological bent of this is a bad regime. Yeah. Right? But this is the cost of being a spy if you get caught. It's the cost of doing business. The cost of doing business as a spy yep. is not a pleasant one. Now, one other thing, and that was an interesting point that has been made, mm. is that it, going back to the reciprocity idea. One of the things is instead of giving them money, another thing is favors. Yeah. So an interesting point is when someone says, oh, look, can you get me into your country and, you know, get me into that PhD program? Yeah. I go, no, we can't do that. But we can yeah. certainly put you in front of the guy that can put you into yes. the PhD program. Yeah. So it's doing like greasing the palm. Little favors. Greasing the lily. Now there's one other thing I do want to say about this Chinese recruitment. That's yes, very please. very interesting. Yes. Right. It could have been a bit of a bait and switch. By I was going to say, Chinese was it a double bluff? Was it a double bluff? Did this guy get all of this contact yeah. and then go, I'm going to spill the beans on everything to the news just to wreck the confidence in Australia's intelligence services? Now, one of the things that both AFP and ASIO have said is we don't talk about operational matters as they should. Yes. Right? That's exactly what they should be saying. There's no reason for them to comment because, again, this is a classified issue mm -hmm. and we don't need to know the details. But I do think that there is a real possibility, considering what's going on with Chinese intelligence, oh. which we are going to talk about very soon, one of the things that's going on with Chinese intelligence is anything they can do to instill a lack of confidence, yeah, we'll go for it. Now, the academic, uh, somebody who was close to him said he was actually a strong supporter of Australia and we've turned him against us. But at the moment, again, we don't even know the name of the academic because of security reasons. We don't know the name of any of the players because of security reasons. But bottom line, with that case, I don't think it was ASIO. I think it was another organisation, possibly government-based, in fact, likely government-based, mm. but whoever did it missed the memo on how to recruit an agent. So my sour rascals in. Rascals. Yeah.